Ahoy, me hearties! Hop aboard this here podcast. But watch ye step, cause ye may just find yourself running afoul of some dark and evil curse. But I suppose to be alive is to be cursed by one malady or another. So, wish be yours. Today, we set sail on the seven seas to discover these answers and more, as we ask the question, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. What's it about? I'm Ricardo Blade Diaz. And I'm Seth Crow. This be the What's It About Film Podcast, the show where two aspiring creatives aim to glean the meaning of it all through the media that we consume, holding a mirror up to ourselves and seeing how it reflects in our own <coughs> lives. I'm sorry, I had something in my throat. <laughs> Dang it, I I wanted to keep it going. I, I, I was trying to... I, I'm slipping in my Captain Jack Sparrow voice. Ah, uh, yes, I, I love it. In, I was trying to get in there. It's, it's like, like you know, it's more here... I wanted to think of the proper thing to say, like, where's the rum or something like that. (laughs) Why is the rum always gone? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. Here we are. We're back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes, yes. We are in the new year. As I said last year, new year, new me. It feels fresh. (laughs) Feels fresh. Feels fresh. It does. Uh, Seth, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. good? It's sunny. It's not freezing out. So say, you're in the you're in the Bible Belt, and I know it's been cold there recently. It's been awful. It's been awful. You know, on the tail end of this elf thing, I was outside in 18 degree weather in tights, and it was brutal, baby, brutal. So we're we're excited for it to have warmed up a little bit at least. Good, that's good. It was weird here. So uh, here in LA, we it's been November through like most of December. It's been co- cold here for LA. In the mornings, it's been getting down to like high 30s to like low 40s in the morning, and then maybe getting up to like the 50s throughout the day. But like on Christmas Eve and Christmas, it was in the 70s. <laughs> like yeah. so bizarre. It was so bizarre. It was very. That's the weird. thing is like my least favorite months in Los Angeles are November and December. I know, but that's my birthday. Well, that has nothing to do with your birthday, Ricky. It has everything to do with just like it does not fit the vibe no i get it it does not fit the vibe like christmas in la is just it's just weird it is weird it is i said now that i've lived here for a handful of years now it is strange this is i spent my first christmas here and didn't get a chance to go home uh for christmas for the first time in my entire life Um, and it is weird it is yeah uh christmas in la is strange i think thanksgiving is even worse like Luckily, I haven't had to do that yet. Th- Thanksgiving in LA is like, I don't know, because it's in the end of fire season, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it, it, it's just gross. You, There's just you want me to be it. thankful right now? It just feels like the burnt. The, the hills the burnt, are on fire. Dried out yeah. turkey leg of the year. I don't oh. know. Yeah. I will say, honestly and genuinely, I don't think I can separate that from the fact that that's when my birthday is. <laughs> Just like in my heart, it makes me a little bit sad. <laughs> well, you know, but you always go home, right? Like, go- I mean, around that time for Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying though, the fact that you—that's your least favorite time of the year—and it also happens to be my, when my birthday oh. is. There's there's something about that that makes me a little bit sad on the inside. If I'm just gonna be honest, well, it hurts a little bit. Well, just you know, come here. 
for your birthday. You always <laughs> say that. <laughs> we'll see. When I'm a big celebrity, I'll maybe but, do that. But you know what's weird, though, is January and February and maybe March are, like, my favorite time. Anyway. Yeah, it's weird. You're weird. Sorry. Because, <laughs> because it's, like, winter everywhere else, but there's no holidays, so it's, like, an escape. That's you know? fair. See, the thing. I like cold weather. I like cold weather. Not, like frigid freezing cold weather but i like it when it's a little nippy outside like i like that like chill in the air like fall yeah i like fall um because i like that little bit of chill i get hot very easily so like summer especially here in la like i I don't i don't well it's worse in the midwest where i'm from where it's more humid i hate humidity i hate humidity because i'm a sweater i sweat very easily i sweat a lot um so like heat is not what i'm about i get hot when it's cold so um so i like a little bit of a chill in the air but i don't like snow i don't like snow i hate Hmm. snow wow well you know i used to love snow when i was a kid but you know as you get to become an adult you start to learn snow is dangerous it's it's pain it's yeah Yeah. it's a hassle snow is not when you're an adult snow is not worth the amount of hassle that it causes i want to see it a couple times a year just to see it. It's beautiful. Snow is beautiful. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, like I said, as an adult, you don't really get to enjoy snow like you did when you were a kid. You know what I mean? So like. Oh, I don't know who you are. That's fair. You get to enjoy snow as much as you want, but I, I haven't played in I have, snow. In I a have while. sledded the last two years in a row. That's great. Hardcore. So. That's fair. I haven't played in snow quite as much as I used to. So maybe this is, maybe, you know what? Starting off the new year, reflecting on myself, maybe that's something I need to work on. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know when I'm going to do that. I'm here in LA. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a new year. We are starting off uh, with Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl is the is the movie we're starting off the year. Seth, you picked this movie. Why? Well, uh, I wanted a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. You know, something to kind of like uh, wipe the Christmasness away. What are you talking we... about? Pirates of the Caribbean is a Christmas. Movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I'm so over Christmas. I'm so over Christmas. It's my whole life has been Christmas for the last six weeks because uh, I was an elf. Um, but I, I will say that that is partly why I chose this movie is because um, I don't know why, but as this elf character, I related to Jack Sparrow. Um, quite a you bit. Were, you were drunk? I, I was not drunk, but I was kind of like the lovable, like... Scamps. Screw up, you yeah. know? And uh, I, I wore um, eyeliner. Uh, oh, you know? <laughs> that'll do it, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I, I just... I, every time I would look in the mirror, I'd be like, oh, I kind of look like Jack Sparrow. And so like, I started thinking about this movie, and, and I was like, man, I haven't watched the original Pirates of the Caribbean in... 10 12 years you know so i was like i need to revisit this and uh good choice you know i am not a fan of any of the other movies really okay um like to me this is this should stand alone Mm -hmm. um but yeah it is one of my favorite like it, it just it encapsulates a blockbuster to me like this movie is like a movie that makes you want to go be in movies. This movie is a movie that makes you want to be an actor, you know? Mm. Um, uh, It's definitely one of the movies that influenced me on my path of like pursuing theater for sure. Yeah. Yeah. This movie is pretty phenomenal. Um, 
this is also probably one of those movies that I, I'd forgotten about as far as like when I think of, like you said, when I think of movies from my youth, you know, I was around 11 or 12 when this came out. Um, one of those movies that did ignite that imagination of like the pot, like, you know, the fun and creativeness of like, of movies, right. Yeah. That, that, that magic, that move, that movie magic, as, as people like to say, this movie has it. And it was one of my earliest memories of like seeing a movie that has that. Yeah. Um, it's in it, there. And I you, can't believe I had forgotten about it. You watch it and you're like, I want to be in that. I want to do that. You yeah. know, like that, this is a movie that makes you want to do all the things in the movie. Yes, I agree. It's a fake, a, a fake, a freaking great movie. Yeah. Um, and I personally don't mind the second one, Dead Man's, Ch- Dead Man's Chest. I think that one's fine. It's not as good as this one, but I think it's fine. And then after that, I think they get progressively worse. Yeah. Uh, at World's End, it's not great. Um, on Stranger Tides, it's, it's mid at best. Um, and then uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales is pretty bad. I have only seen I, – I, I think I, I've only seen Dead Men's Chest, and I was like, no, I, I saw At World's End. You saw the original trilogy. Yeah, and then I was like, peace. Like, yeah. I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah, yep, but they they make billions of dollars. So I mean, they, we'll talk about the 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 history of this movie in a little bit. But yeah, this movie's great. I think it's so much fun. It captures a magic and an imagination that I think is rare, and I think that's why this movie took off and is a six film franchise. You know, yeah, and why Johnny Depp is like one of the biggest movie stars of all time, and this character is so iconic. Well, um, I, I mean, it's an era, it's an era of yeah. filmmaking. It, it's I, an, it's an iconic defining movie of the, of the early two thousands filmmaking. I think, I think Jack Sparrow becomes a caricature. The more he the does, that's, you that's go one of the issues with the, the franchise. Yeah. But this first one is genius level acting. Yes. Like, yes, I would put this character on the same tier as, as, uh, the Joker, you know? Like, yeah. Oh like, yeah. It's definitely like this is masterful acting. Oh my um, god, yeah. It's seamless. Yes. It's seamless. Yes. It's it's I forget that it's Johnny Depp because the characters and that's hard because he is a huge star. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to forget that it's Johnny Depp. This movie, he's Jack Sparrow. He is Jack yeah. Sparrow and I forget that Johnny Depp even exists. Yeah. And it's so like he he you know in the later movies like I said it is a caricature, but in, even in this first like this first one it's very subtle, like very subtle. Like you see now, like everybody's idea of Jack Sparrow is totally well. It's hyperbolic. become the the impression, right? Yeah, like yeah. like, how do you do an impression? You usually exaggerate certain yeah. elements of a character to 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 give an easy to recognize impression. It's almost like Johnny Depp has done an impression of himself doing Jack, Jack Sparrow. Sparrow, yeah, because he has become way bigger, yeah, than he was. But this first movie is like you don't even see those jack sparrow things but it's just so real like Mm -hmm. like when it's kind of funny when uh orlando bloom in the film makes fun of him Mm -hmm. because he's like so all the and he does the weird hand thing because you're not even really noticing that no as much in this film no you know yeah so so great it's a great movie and i'm what an inspired choice seth seriously like i would have never thought 
to pick this movie other than maybe when like the new one comes out i probably would have done my thing where like oh we go back and watch the first one but like otherwise i don't know if i ever would have like put that on my on my list of like oh we should do that movie um but i i don't know about you i definitely actually found some some things in here that i'm like oh this is interesting and i can relate to in a lot of ways i i mean i don't know where we're at here in the conversation well, well i just i'm just putting it out there as did, <laughs> did you, do you think you found something very personal that you could take away from this movie I, I i found a lot i think this movie is actually very like creepy relevant to, mm. in our political culture right now oh oh uh, okay like, i see like even with johnny depp as a as oh. like the center of it, you know what I mean? That's an interesting. That's interesting. Well, we'll get into that more, yeah. and you can elaborate. But let's first talk about how this film came to be. Uh, let's put the players in place, and then roll out exactly kind of what brought this movie to us. Um, so this film is directed by Gore Verbinski. Um, we may know Gore Verbinski as the director of The Ritual, Mouse Hunt, The Mexican. The Ring, The Weatherman, Dead uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, Rango, The Lone Ranger, and A Cure for Wellness. Uh, Rango, which he won uh, Best Animated Feature uh, Oscar for. Hmm. Um, and then this film was written by a duo, Ted Elliott and Terry Rosio. Uh, Ted Elliott uh, has written uh, the a lot. Of, they've written a lot of these films together, so I probably won't repeat a bunch of these, but. Um, uh, Ted Elliott has written Little Monsters, Aladdin, The Puppet Masters, The Mask of Zorro, Small Soldiers, The Road to El Dorado, Shrek, The Legend of Zorro, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men's Chest, Pirates of the Caribbean, At World's End, G-Force, Pirates of the Caribbean's On Stranger Tides, The Lone Ranger, and the upcoming Pirates' sixth installment of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. And then he also wrote the story for National Treasure, Book of Secrets, Treasure Planet, and Godzilla. Terry Rosio did a lot of those movies with Ted Elliott, but along that also did um, some films on his own, like Love Struck, the musical, The Amazing Maurice. He's writing the upcoming Godzilla vs. Kong sequel and the movie Time Zone. Um, he also wrote the story for Godzilla vs. Kong, the first one, uh, Dead Ma- uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, uh, The Legend of Zorro. Uh, but otherwise... Uh, these guys have written a huge chunk of our childhood stuff. Yeah, they're heavy, kind of heavy hitters. When yeah, it comes to I the mean, childhood movies. Small Soldiers, Aladdin, Road to El Dorado, Shrek. Shrek. Yeah, uh, it, it it it's crazy, crazy. How many of these movies they they like? For me, Aladdin is one of my favorite Disney movies, and obviously Shrek is one of an all all time great animated films, if not all time great films. Well, I think just like listening to this lineup of films, they've they've written what what all those movies kind of have in common i think is like they're kids movies but they trans they translate to adults you yeah know, like they're they're enjoyable for adults well, to watch a lot of them have a child have a childlike magic to them you know yeah. and but you're right are like have a mature mature a certain maturity not all of them but have a level of maturity that allows them to transcend just being children's films yeah um, so yeah, those are the players, um, but let's talk about the movie itself and the kind of interesting way that this movie kind of came about. So 
Swashbuckling pirate films had been a staple of Hollywood for many years. However, much like the Western, pirate films had begun failing uh, and falling out of favor with audiences around the mid-90s, due partially to the massive failures of Cutthroat Island and Waterworld in 1995, both of which are still considered to be two of the biggest commercial bombs of all time. During this time, while pirates films seemed to be out to sea, Screenwriting partners Ted Elliott and Terry Rosio were looking to make a splash by taking a more supernatural spin on the genre. And by 2001, Walt Disney Pictures was already in the process of developing a film adaptation of their Pirates of the Caribbean theme park ride. Writer Jay Wolpert, was known mostly as a writer for game shows, was brought on to write a script for the story that was created mostly by a group of producers. And at this time, the film was much more of a traditional pirate tale, which Disney wasn't even sure they were going to release theatrically. They considered releasing it direct to video. Then Australian writer Stuart Beatty, known more as a, the writer of Collateral and I Frankenstein these days, was brought in for a rewrite of that script by Wolpert. But it wasn't long after that that super producer Jerry Bruckheimer was convinced to join the project. Bruckheimer immediately rejected the current script for being way too traditional, and it was Bruckheimer who then brought on Elliot and Rosio to write the, a new uh, script of the film in 2002 after he heard their pitch for a more supernatural twist. Not long after that, director Gord Verbinski signed on to direct as a way of resurrecting a lost genre that he had fond memories of from his childhood. And Disney, however, their track record of adapting their rides into films had not gone well in recent years, with evidenced by the Country Bears movie flopping that same year. I didn't even know there was a Country Bears movie. You didn't? I've seen it. No. I, actually, I actually own that film. <laughs> uh, it, I liked it when I was a kid. I don't. I don't like it very much anymore. But I think some of the music in it's pretty good. Um, the C then CEO of Disney, Michael Eisner, wanted to shut down production of Pirates of the Caribbean after the failure of Country Bears. But after a visit to the art department, he was astonished by the concept art so much so that he would ultimately end up backing the film, but requesting that they make it less tied to the theme park ride to avoid any direct relation that would ultimately have would that ultimately have made a difference it's hard to say however pirates of the caribbean the curse of the black pearl would premiere in theaters in the summer of 2003 many expecting the film to flop due to its to the genre's waning popularity, the fact that it was an adaptation of a theme park ride, and with Johnny Depp as the lead, since Depp was more known for his cult film work at the time. With all these concerns, it was impossible to predict that the film would go on to gross over $654 million worldwide on a $140 million budget, while also receiving wide critical success from audiences and critics alike, even garnering five Oscar nominations for Best Makeup, Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, Best Visual Effects, and a Best Leading Actor nomination for Johnny Depp. Unfortunately, the film did not win any of those awards, but it would spawn a multi-billion dollar franchise comprised of five feature films with a sixth installment currently in development. 
In the process of making this movie, the filmmakers dug deep and struck gold. Let's just hope it's not cursed. That's the story of The Curse of the Black Pearl. I mean, it is incredible that this movie did well. Like, there's just like, all odds say bad movie. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like you said, pirates, pirates movies were not good during that era. They had lost their, their magic for sure. Like I remember being like, wait, it's based off the ride. Yeah. What a silly thing. Yeah. What? It's based off the pirates. They're like, huh? Yeah. I I think it's even still hard for me to believe. Cause like last night I was like trying to talk to Sarah about it. And I was like, wasn't there like some sort of like 1950s, Disney Pirates film that was the Pirates of the Caribbean, and she like looked it up. She's like, "No, like this no, is the it's first the one. This is just the ride," and I just couldn't wrap my brain around that. So it was like, yeah, even even now. So, but I remember going to see this in theaters as a kid and being blown away. Me just too, like blown yeah. away. Um, and I do, I don't think, I don't think this movie would like i think it's written really well i think it's acted mm-hmm. really well but johnny depp really does take it to the next oh level. for sure like that character from the minute you see him gold yeah platinum yeah yeah, yeah. if we're going avatar terms unobtainium like yeah, like yeah, yeah. like pure perfection in the role yeah only only person in the world that could do it yeah it was incredible and then it's just so like they did such a good job with the production. Like it looks so real. Like even the oh CGI, God. even the CGI now holds that, up. Yeah. The effects, the effects of like the undead and all that stuff. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it looks a little dated, but like it, in it, the way they use it, because a lot of it is in moonlight and it's in the dark. And so like they, they, this, the way they conceived how to do the special effects made it so they, they can hold up better. You know, they're yeah. not like directly in the sunlight. It's like, already in shadow and there's like these like very particular like moonlit highlights on the bones like that help things pop more like it doesn't have to look real it just has to look look real within the context of of everything else around it it was great and the story itself is like like everything is so grounded and then there's this layer of supernatural that's not too much no, yeah, it's uh, it's it, really it's, just almost like a MacGuffin in a way, yeah, right? Yeah, I did. I I was thinking, and I was last night, like that. There is some room, I think, for this movie to have done things a little different. I think that mm-hmm. could have made it more. I don't think you needed to, but for me, it could have been richer in some ways. The supernatural connection. Okay. Uh, it, I guess like, that, like I said, it plays a ba- a very background role like it adds to some really cool set pieces yeah. and it does give obviously the pirates their motivation and like obviously like it leads to their you don't relate to them as in like you don't empathize with them because they don't earn your empathy they don't right. earn you feeling bad for them but you understand them like yeah that's they're in hell they even said yeah. it like they're, they are they are suffering eternally yeah, yeah. forever I mean, and ever. their reward is death yeah that is something I find fascinating. Yeah. Like, and so like you get why they're so desperate and why they are so angry. Right. Like, like I, when you're, you know, you get it. I wish You'll there was more. I wish we knew more about the, the progression of the curse. 
Mm. Like I think kind of just gets told to us through exposition. Yeah, and like I think that the curse is like a really cool curse. Like, it is a really, really cool curse. it's a really cool curse, but it. I think it would be cooler if we got like what I would like to see. I, I don't know is like a prequel almost of like the curse's progression with mm. one of the pirates, because like in this film they kind of they kind of in my opinion ruined the the potential for this curse because it should be taken more like Dorian Gray, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, and I guess timeline wise, it wouldn't have worked. I thought about like, I was tracking my wrecking my brain all night last night because you need Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow didn't get cursed because they dropped him off. So how much time has passed? Jack Sparrow can't be dead if they're immortal. But what I want to see, what I would have liked to see is like an explanation or, or an exp- exploration of the fact that, they didn't know they were cursed until later, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so like, well, so I think the way it was explained was they took the treasure, and the minute they started giving you like the spending the money, like giving it away, the curse progressively started, you know, taking further and further. So like at first, like when they first like started spending the money, it was all fine, and then as more of that money was being sent away, yeah, they more more started. Realizing That's a little they, loose to me because it is like. Loose. Because I, then, I think it has Johnny to be like Depp, that. Johnny Depp picks up the coin and he's right. immediately. That's born. fair. I fair. They're playing fast and loose with the rules here. Yeah, uh, I agree with you one hundred percent. They definitely are. But I, I think what's great about the movie is that it does a, such a good job of being like, you being like, ah, who cares? Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it is a fun movie. I mean, that's, a, I have, that's like I have one plot hole that I saw. It was like, okay, so Bootstrap Bill, uh, uh, Orlando Bloom's Bill Turner's dad was amongst them when they stole this this coins and even sent one to will and they so but you know because he was like i don't know if we did the right thing guys about marooning uh captain jack sparrow they they tied him to an anchor or a weight of some kind and dropped him on the bottom of the ocean yeah but he if he's cursed he's undead right yeah i mean potentially i mean he is literally still alive at the bottom of the ocean yeah yeah and that's what we would be led to believe until the end of this movie. So kind of in a weird way, Will Turner kills his own father. Yeah, no, yeah. We would think that if we hadn't have seen – had a sequel. That's what we think would happen to yeah. – to Well, and they ended, this, they ended this movie with no right. intention of a sequel. Like that's, exactly. That's what I love about this movie is it, it does have an ending. And mm-hmm. – and like, you don't need more sequels. Like this movie stands alone. Yeah. Um, uh, we come to learn. We come to learn in the sequel that Bootstrap Bill was was scooped up by Davy Jones and joined Davy Jones' crew. However, he could have been sitting down at the bottom of the ocean for a while, and like Davy yeah. Jones like swooped down there and was like, "Hey, like, do you want to end this suffering? Like, join the crew, kind of thing. Like, yeah. you could be down here forever, undead forever." Or yeah. you can join my crew yeah. and be undead forever, yeah. <laughs> but not at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that part of this. You know, I like, I like the fact, that, I like the idea that Bootstrap Bill is at the bottom of the ocean waiting to die. You know, like that's mm-hmm. really dark. Like that's what I'm saying. There's like this level of darkness with this particular curse that I think is fascinating. And I guess what I'm getting at is like, 
I want to see those pirates not die, but but like suffer, decay, like suffer. Yeah, like like I want to see those pirates realize that oh, like I'm not going to die, but then their but like their bodies decay it's like, anyway. Um, have you seen the movie uh, Death Becomes Her with Bruce Willis, Goldie Hawn, and uh, Meryl Streep? No, I have not. So so basically, it's a movie where um. Meryl Streep is a really is married to Bruce is married to Bruce Willis and she's like just like super vain rich woman and she makes a wish to be beautiful forever basically right and so she becomes immortal and she's she's gorgeous um but she's she's immortal she's like okay yeah you're beautiful but just so you know your body s- still is your body so like if you damage it yeah, that's that's it. That's all you get. So basically, these women, these Meryl Streep, can't, they can't die. They're like heads get like ripped off, and they're they like get holes blasted through their chests and things like that. But they just won't die. But they don't heal. Yeah. So like their bodies are just falling apart forever and ever and ever, and they can't die. Yeah. Like like that's death becomes her right. So yeah. like it's like yeah. That's what I that's find. Dark. That's what I find fascinating about these pirates is like that's that's the story i want them to have you know not not really that, that not that they just walk into the moonlight and they look like skeletons you know like mm-hmm. that they had to go through the lifetime and the decay and then like it makes sense it makes sense that they can eat but not enjoy it drink but not enjoy it like like it makes sense i mean i think that's like i think that's something cool to explore theme wise later maybe is like eventually you get tired of everything and mm-hmm. death really is the only escape, you know, mm-hmm. and not, not that saying you, I want to die, but like there has to be something more than we, we want there to be something more than this earthly experience. Well, don't get ahead of yourself here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we're almost there. Uh, we got one more segment just to, just to do, and then we can get into our theme gleans here. So, uh, Seth, uh, we've rebranded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what time is it, Seth? It's Riding with Ricky. It's Riding with Ricky. It's the best time of day. He's really good at riding things. So let's all sit and listen, Kay. He's a good friend. He's there to the end. He'll pick you up when you're down on your luck. It's Riding with Ricky. I'm, I'm working on the song. The song's in, 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 in. Did you, did you improvise that? I did. Well, sort Good of. Good job. I mean, we, well, we, we, we had a structure. It was, it was mapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but still though. Good job. <laughs> Off the cuff. Bravo. Bravo. All right. So yes, this is uh, Writing with Ricky, uh, where I am going to, uh, I've written the, my, I think the log line of this film should be, Seth's going to give me a score of one to 10. Uh, my current score from last year, we didn't do the full year, but we, we did a good, about, I would say almost half the year. Uh, my average score is 8.3 right now. I, I think I'm going to have a, an overall score and then a yearly score as well. So I'll do both. Uh, so. This is my logline for Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. 
a lovesick blacksmith teams up with the infamous scoundrel Captain Jack Sparrow in a race against a crew of damned pirates to rescue the woman he loves and potentially break an evil curse. 9.5. Woo! 9.5. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. Where did I where did I where did I get the the half point deduction? Where where did it happen? I think you might have got a little like I uh, it's pretty dang good. You might have gotten a little. It could be a little shorter, maybe. Yeah, it's a little wordy, but but I think the structure of it is really solid. Yes, it was actually tough to figure out how to how to arrange all those pieces. Yeah, I will say I did do a few iterations of it where I was like moving those pieces around. It did get a little long, but you know those details is what makes the movie intriguing. Right. Yeah. It's 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 the love story. It's the scout. It's the the character of Jack Sparrow. And then it's this like looming dark evil that's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it was tough to put the pieces in the right order, I will say. But I totally get it. It is a little lengthy. It's one sentence, though. It's, a, it's close to a run on. Uh, but thank you. I'll take the 9.5. That brings my overall score up to an 8.4. Nice. Yes. And I'm a 9.5 for this year. That's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good start. I'll take it. All right, Seth. It's time for the titular question. And since this is your movie, I get to ask you. So Re- Wait, really? I don't remember. No, I, I get to <laughs> Wait, I thought I get to ask you because it was okay. my movie. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's what we've always done. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure. That's all we've always done. I don't done. know. Who knows? <laughs> It's a new year. Maybe we do yeah, yeah, differently yeah. now. Okay, wait. Am I wrong? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. I feel like I have like stock or not stock. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. Yeah, if you okay. pick the movie, you ask the other person. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let me get in my best captain voice here. Oh, I love it. Ricardo Blade Diaz. Pirates of the Caribbean. What's it about? That's a good question, Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that who you're supposed to be? <laughs> no, I was supposed to be like. That's yeah. better. That's a better Captain it's Jack. Small, a small estuary, if you go that way. But you got. Yeah. I think. I think you were getting a little too gravelly. Yeah, you got to Statham. Yeah. Sure. You went Statham. <laughs> Close though. It is kind of like an Australian type accent a little bit. Um. So yeah. I. I was actually very pleasantly surprised with like the thematics of this movie and on, in all honesty. Um, Cause you know, the thing about a lot of like commercial tentpole films like this, I think a lot of people criticize them for not being a much about anything other yeah. than entertainment and action and, and pretty sh- being pretty shallow. I think this movie has is much richer than I think it, it would appear on the surface. Oh yeah. And, which surprised me in all in all honesty um some of the themes that I, I i pulled out of here just like overarching themes are like desires freedom and and what really stuck out to me is this idea of curses curses and um what exactly is a curse and so i think what i i came up with is is that and I didn't put this into like a, a, a really thought out like line or anything like that, but we all have our own curses mm-hmm. and that could be 
your lineage, your bloodline. It could be your station in life. It could be expectations that everybody has of you. Or it could be a literal deadly evil curse if you if you want to go magical on it. But yeah. like, we, we all have this thing that's looming over us that causes us to suffer in one way or another. And the, it's natural to seek out Solace. The thing, the thing that's going to break your curse, mm-hmm. right? And I think this is such classic storytelling. Curses are, are curses are a storytelling uh, uh, device as old as stories themselves, almost. You know, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Snow White. You, you know, most folklore, are, you know, Greek mythology is a lot of curses. Narc, you know, Narcissus and Sisyphus and all that Atlas. It's it, curses are are as are are tool for storytelling in, in so many ways, and it, I think it's a way of relating to people and saying, "Hey, look, we all suffer, yeah. right?" And and something we've talked about in the show before is like not comparing suffering, yeah, because um, everybody's suffering from something. But I think this movie is about the things that you deeply, deeply want and the curses that are holding you back. That's where I, I land. And so I see this in, in, in several different facets. First and foremost, I mean, we see it with, with Will and uh, uh, Kira Knightley's character, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Will and Elizabeth. Clearly, they have a thing for each other, right? Yeah. Elizabeth's curse is the fact that she's born into station. And has expectations that come along with that station that keep her from doing what for having any kind of agency of her own. Yeah. You know, even though she her, her spirit is. Honestly, she has more of a pirate spirit than almost anybody in this in this movie. Agreed. Um, well, I mean, she. The first thing we see is her steel gold steel gold. Yeah. So That's like the, first thing you see. The, the thing is like that. That's something that I wish they had like highlighted better is like when Barbosa's like that's the pirate's code you're not a pirate but we all know she's stolen gold so well well also like what is the where the movie opens and what is the first thing that we experience her singing a yeah, pirate yeah, type yeah, 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 exactly yeah she's in her soul she's a pirate and she knows everything there is to know mm-hmm. about pirates you know she's a pirate in yeah. her heart she really is. She wants that freedom and that excitement and that adventure. She, yeah. but, but her, her, just for the fact that what she was born into, her family station is her curse and it's holding her back. Will is similar in that his lineage is his curse. His, the fact that he is from, descended from a pirate and is something that looms over his head and he has trouble accepting, but also because he's born into poverty. Desires. Keeps him from getting what he wants, which is Elizabeth. You could debate desires are curses. Desires are curses in a way, yeah. And and then yeah, bring it to to the pirates, the actual Barbosa and the crew of the Black Pearl. Their desire for greed and 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 carnal pleasures led to their suffering, their eternal suffering, right? Yeah. I mean, and then I mean, them pursuing the 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 deep animalistic things that they wanted is the thing that's led to their, their demise. 
And then, of course, Johnny Depp, the whole movie is he has one goal. Get the Black Pearl at all costs. He's obsessed. And he even has, I think, what is one of my favorite things about all these movies is the compass that doesn't point north. It's a compass that points to the thing that you most desire in the world. I love yeah. that as a as a tool as a tool for stories because it's like in later movies I think they do something really creative where it it, it isn't it spins and so it isn't pointing in a direction because he doesn't know what he wants right he's confused in later I think, movies I think there's like moments of that in this movie right that well like change, it'll change directions yeah yeah and, and well as an actor even he uh he plays without you knowing mm-hmm. because like you know the moment they're like like approaching the death mm-hmm. island yeah uh and it's like you see all the sharks in the water and like somebody's like many a many a ship has uh, you know sunk in these waters and he just like looks down at the compass and he like shuts it really quick because <laughs> they're there already but like he i think the direction may have changed and he's like the guy is standing next to him and can see so it's like mm-hmm. he shuts it like yep it's great i love that as a device and so like that yeah. mo- that 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 element of the movie is literally about what's the thing that you want and that thing is a, a cur- you know has his his pure blind desire for the black pearl causes him a lot of suffering in a lot of ways i've never thought about it being called the black pearl you know mm-hmm. and and that like pearls are rare but black pearls are like the rarest of the rare. Yes. You know? So it's like you're wanting something that is so specific. Well, also, I think they also do a good job of like creating a lore around the black pearl and that the black pearl itself isn't stated as being magical. Like right. the ship isn't stated as being magical. Um, the crew is. The crew is cursed and has a, yeah. a, a supernatural. But the black pearl itself is never stated to be magic. And yet it's the fastest ship on it's the like, ocean. Uh, it's supernaturally it's like the, fast. It's like the Millennium, Millennium Falcon. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, special. It doesn't make any sense. It's like yeah. rickety and broken down, but for some reason it's been endowed with great speed. Yeah. It's and, special for some reason. Yeah. And you're right. It is, it is. No one knows how, how the black pearl is as fast as it is. A lot of people would say it's the crew, but I mean, it's that's never said the black pearl is fast and no one knows why yeah um even the captain doesn't really probably understand why the black pearl is the what is what it is yeah um and i love that about and i don't think as far as i can think of in other movies i don't think they ever explain that about the black pearl it's like why is it special well they don't ever like it's very similar to the millennium falcon like yeah it just is which is you know han solo and Jack Sparrow, I would say, are, are, you know, connected in their archetype as well. Well, I guess I guess you could argue that the Millennium Falcon is as special as it is because it has that AI from, from. Uh, I don't know anything. You, you we're too far in. You're too far oh. in for me. So, oh, anyway, um, <laughs> in the Han Solo movie, some of that is explained. Okay. Where, like, okay. Uh, uh, Lando has a, a a droid friend uh voiced by tilda swinton um but she uploads her consciousness into the millennium falcon gotcha. in that movie and like maybe that's why that that ship is special because of that it has this like soul of this and consciousness of this dro- of this droid inside it 
Yeah. Who knows? But, you know, when you start explaining the magic of something, it becomes less interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, sorry, everybody. <laughs> it's, I just mean, like, like Jack Sparrow and Han Solo are both these kind of anti-hero types, right? Yeah. Like, and so, like, it, the, the ship is a reflection. Both ships are a reflection of the personality of the character. It's, it's rough and unhewn. It's uh, but, kind but, of run down, but they're our favorite. But there's know? an X factor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, an unexplainable element. Yeah, and uh, and that's definitely both of those characters. And, and Oh, yeah. And definitely why I, I wanted to pick this movie, you know, mm-hmm. uh, is because I'm fascinated with these. Cause, because Will Turner is not the protagonist. Or he is, but it doesn't matter. It's a so weird... This is- this is yeah. This is one of those very rare movies. So, to get into a little screenwriting and craft writing here, for anybody who isn't as versed in that stuff, you know, a lot of movies are are centered around a protagonist, meaning someone who drives the action, and the protagonist is typically the character who has the biggest journey, character arc to take. They have to learn the most, right? Yeah. It's the hero's journey. It's there. They have to go on the biggest arc here. Um, however, there are some very rare instances, um, where the main character is not the character with the biggest journey emotionally. Um, and a lot of times secondary characters who are big parts of the story are the ones that end up with the bigger character. So like, this is one of them where Will does drive the story in that he breaks Johnny Depp out. He's it's his goal of getting to Elizabeth who that we think is driving the story. And Johnny Depp is kind of just using that as a way to get what he wants. Yeah. But, but Jack Sparrow is actually the one who has the bigger character arc. Yeah. For sure. And even, even Keira Knightley, you know, even Elizabeth is a protagonist of some. Yeah. In some, this is almost a three hander. Like they all have their own character arcs. But you care the most about, Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. Like he's yeah. the main char- for some reason he is the main character. Yeah. Another movie similar to this to the structure is Frozen. Speaking that's funny that we talked about Frozen earlier. Um uh uh Frozen because Anna is the protagonist. She yeah. she the movie is from her perspective on things. But Elsa truthfully is the one who has the biggest character arc. Yeah. Elsa's not as much the antagonist as she is a secondary protagonist. Yeah. There's two protagonists and then a main character. That's what's weird about this movie. There's two protagonists. And it works. It's so interesting. And then there's a main character that is like outside of Well, there's the the triumvirate of of Elizabeth Will and Jack Sparrow makes this movie so great. Cuz again, you you each of them have motivations, each of them has agency, each of them are acting on their own accord. And that's what makes this movie so fun because there is all this like, I'm going to double cross you, going to double cross you, going to double cross you, going to make this plan, going to make that plan. And like there's all these machinations going on that's, and each of them are operating on different information. There's like uh, – there's a nod I think at the end of this movie to the Three Musketeers with Will Turner's outfit. Hat? Yeah. Yeah. Nice it's hat. Definitely like <laughs> it, it makes me – and like isn't he like a bigger deal later? Like Will? doesn't he have yeah, doesn't he have some sort of like like I, I forget what happens. But so like, so so yeah, in later films, 
in the second film, we start to explore Davy Jones, which is like, again, I think that that's one of the reasons I think the second film is, is still pretty good because like all the like CGI work on Davy Jones with the, you know, you've all seen it with like the squid, the, he's got the squid head and everything yeah, with yeah. the tentacles. Like it's pretty amazing. And like, it's really fun. I think it's fun, but like Will's dad is on the crew of yeah. the flying Dutchman, which is Davy Jones's ship. Um, Davy so Jones still is still connected to like real right, war. Right. And, and what happens is they, uh, Davy Jones wants to, wants to take claim Jack Sparrow's soul. Um, and so it's like all about like all that. And then Will's trying to free his dad from the service of Davy Jones. And eventually what happens in the third film is that Jack Sparrow wa- thinks that he wants to take over the flying Dutchman and be immortal and, and sail the seven seas forever. Right. Um, but what ends up happening, you have to stab the heart of Davy Jones to do that and then replace it with your own heart. So they get Davy Jones's heart and right before, and, but Will is fatally stabbed. Mm. And so Johnny Depp, uh, Jack Sparrow, instead of stabbing Davy Jones's heart on his own, picks up Will's hand, puts the knife in his hand and lets Will stab Davy Jones's heart as he's dying. And then, allows will to become the new yeah captain of the flying dutchman this like ferryman of souls to the afterlife basically so yeah he's a big deal he becomes a a mythological i just wonder like i wonder how much like three musketeer stuff because these are they're three musketeers you know like they are they all become very very piratey by the third yeah yeah. they're all pirates yeah so who's d'artagnan i don't know uh gibbs (laughs) Well, D'Artagnan is one of the three. Like he's the king. Yeah, that yeah. is in. So who is who's the who's the leader? Yeah, it's it's yeah it's D'Artagnan. It's Cardinal Richelieu and uh, Aramis. Is that the other one? I feel like I feel like Will. I think what they're nodding to at the end is that Will is D'Artagnan. Mm. Like he's the king. He's the king because you know he he's humble. He's right? humble. he's he's played he's this. He's worn this mask his whole life, but he's actually the righteous one. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Will is the moral core of a lot. I mean, yeah. like I said, even Elizabeth, like morally questionable throughout a lot of this movie. She has the best intentions, but like morally questionable. Will is pretty upstanding throughout. He is the, the man. Part. I mean, he's a blacksmith, man of the iron mask. I don't know. I just, I just, I noticed that that is a three. Like, there's yeah. no denying that hat. You know. I get it. I get you. Get you. So, um, so yeah. So, but just to circle back, it. it for me, it's yeah. If this movie is about your your deepest desires and the curse it, and the curses of of life, life in a weird way. I mean, you kind of said it earlier, and I didn't want to give it away, but like life is a curse. Yeah, and the only escape is is yeah. relief is death. Yeah, like death is important. Yeah, um, because it make gives everything flavor. It gives everything feeling. If well, you can feel, if you can die. Yeah, and like... We're, but we all have our own curses that follow us around. We are trapped in this system, right? Until the system... Until we die, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you if you can imagine being immortal, like, it's going to get pretty dull. You oh, know? Yeah. Like, like I, I, I think you can definitely find things to fill your time for a few hundred years... But like at some point it's going to be like, you've tried everything. Like, I think I kind of think 
that's what happened to uh, um, Anthony Bourdain. Like, mm. I think Anthony Bourdain lived a very, very exciting, you know, hedonistic probably. Like, and not only that, but he, he saw so much, you know, and like he saw a lot of traumatic stuff too, going to mm. different countries and things like that. And I think there's probably, he probably had this like powerlessness attitude, you know, mm-hmm. like, like there's nothing I can do. And like all that there is, is just these pleasures that I've had so many times, you know? And then I know it was over some girl, like some woman, his depression, but like that probably was like, the, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel mm-hmm. like he was more likely to slip deep into depression because of the life he led, which was so like pleasure driven, you mm-hmm. know, because it's like once you've done so much, what is there to do, I guess? I understand. I understand what you're saying. I do want to uh, uh, just roll back just a little bit and just, you know, acknowledge that, you know, as you, and you know this, that. Depression is, is, you know, uh, it's a biological thing. Um, and not always, I mean, external factors contribute. Yeah. Yeah. External factors contribute, but you know, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like, you know, that, you know, some people can't control whether or not, you know, they can have everything in the world and, 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 and even have, you know, a very fulfilling life in lots of different ways. And, and just the de- depression sometimes is just a thing that they, they struggle. I mean, I, I would say if you're, we can, we can talk about just recently Twitch, right? Like, yeah, it was such a, I was a very big fan of Twitch ever since his, so you think you can dance days. He's my, honestly, my favorite dancer. Um, I was a huge fan of his. I loved him. Uh, and it was such a shock. Well, okay. So, I'm not. I'm not saying that. No, I know. I know. Yeah. I just wanted to put. I just. I yeah, just wanted yeah. to put it out there well, that like. There's a line. I get what in you're this, saying. There's a line in this film in Pirates of the Caribbean that, you know, connects with this directly. Like, from Jack Sparrow. Like, like, what are you mad or brilliant? And it's a. He says it's amazing how those two things are always, usually the same. Like connected, mm-hmm. and like I mean we can talk about that with with Robin Williams, we can talk about that. There's so many people we can talk about that with, you know, mm-hmm. Heath Ledger, like, like we, we, well, we even talked about this recently with like home alone a little bit, like intelligence sometimes brings. Yeah. An understanding of the world that, that is a the little more, demoralizing. The more, you know, the less you wish yeah. you knew. <laughs> so, I mean, if you already are someone who's predisposed to to depression and already struggles with yeah. it, I mean, some of the things that are supposed to help with that are are like you know a fulfilling a fulfilling fulfilling relationships and and hope things to look forward to, right? And I guess if you're someone who's experienced a lot in the world and seen a lot of like you said a lot of trauma and a lot of horrible things, and amongst that, having lost a lot of hope for the world i can see how like that can contribute to somebody who is like you know already again already predisposed to a particular feeling and yeah. now being like i've seen so much of the world and i and it's still even and less, i still feel this way and it has given me even less yeah. hope of a future yeah. yeah i can absolutely see what you're saying there yeah 
Um, so like, uh, I, so, so yeah, curses, right? Like what you want is a curse. Mm -hmm. Like if, if you're wanting, so like Anthony Bourdain is, for example, is, has a desire for this love from a person, right? This mm -hmm. is a, like, everybody has this, you know, but like he lost it and because of his other, his past life experiences couldn't handle that loss. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he ended up taking his own life, which is no, nobody wanted that. You know what I mean? Like he could not, his desires led to him cursing his, his, in, essentially like destroying himself, you know? Mm. So it's like, I, I didn't honestly, like, this is not what I was bringing to the table originally. Uh, I mean, I saw this, these themes, but they're not, your, your emphasis on them has made me really, like, really want to dive into it. Okay. Um, well, well, but, I mean, we can always circle back, but like what, I remember you, you said you wanted to bring up some, something that's like maybe a little bit more. Maybe socially, bit. socially contemporary. Well, I just think it's interesting. Like, I think I, one of the things I pulled is like judgment, right? Like judging others for pursuing their desires, mm -hmm. right? And I think this movie is really good about like showing you how what's right and wrong is really dependent on context, you know, mm -hmm. and like what you think you are can easily change if what you want is being, there's obstacles in the way and you, you need to pursue it, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, Will is a great example, like, and even, even Jack says to him, he's like, well, you're, you're on your way to becoming a pretty good pirate, you know? You've in the me in I forget the exact line, but it's like you've commandeered a ship, you know, you've busted me out of prison and now you're obsessed with treasure. And he's like, I'm not obsessed with treasure. And he's like not all treasure is, is yeah. gold is gold. Man. Yes. Yeah. So like yeah. what will drive you to break your own rules? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, really fascinating. And and I think that's kind of like where our culture is is in this place of like hyper hyper diligence about rules right like mm -hmm. we're in this like we want a rule for everything but like honestly the rules are like guidelines like that's what this movie is presenting <laughs> yeah and they're more like guidelines anyway <laughs> yeah and we, like we like to think of more as guidelines like and knowing how people work internally like not how you want them to work you know, like your ideal of how a human being should be, which I don't think it's wrong to strive for ideals, but like right and wrong is complicated, you know? Yeah. And Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you know, sometimes you gotta be a pirate, you know, like sometimes the right thing. So like the best line to sum up what I'm saying is at the end of the movie, uh, from Elizabeth's the father. Dad. Yeah. And she's, and he says, you know, so, sometimes piracy can be the right course of action. You know, mm -hmm. if, if the right course of action requires piracy, sometimes piracy is the right course of action. Mm -hmm. And 
And I think, you know, that's, and that's where we're at in this country. I, 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 I see exactly what you're saying. It's interesting that you're the, the way you, that you phrase it was like, we're building in more rules where I, I, cause I get what you're saying and it, it, but it's weird. I wouldn't say we're building in more rules. I think we're, we're, I think something that a lot of people are trying to do is restructure what the rules are. So like, like I know what a big, a big thing right now is like transgender rights and, and pronouns. And like, it's a hot button issue right now of like, Oh, so people can just say they are whatever they want to say they are. And like, and so like, I think like the whole pushback in this is like, I know something that my family brings up a lot is, Oh, there are kids, you know, that are going to school who say they identify as a cat. It's like, that is that, is that, should we respect that? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, I don't think that's the same. And I think you're like cheapening someone else's struggle by bringing it to a, a, a an extreme. Yeah that isn't fair but like it's like you know people i think some some of the rules that we have set in place of like this is what a man is this is what a woman is this is what a marriage is this is what is morally correct i think people are trying to restructure them and and expand them but you're right i think sometimes the the idea of what makes a good person might be becoming more rigid yes so like uh, it's like I think things are being restructured. I think, I think those old rigid rules are being broken down, but in the fear new, that they will, new rigid rules are being yes, put in place. Yes. So I think there needs. I think that's why this this movie is relevant. And I mean, I'm gonna I'm even gonna throw it out there. Even the fact that Johnny Depp is at the center of this film is like art reflects life, like insane. In some regards, there's even moments in this film where I'm like double taking because I'm like, "Whoa, this is too weird, too weird and real that this is in this movie." Like the, when he's getting slapped. Oh yeah. When he's getting slapped, and he's like, he's like, "I'm not sure I deserve that," and then and then he gets slapped again, and he's like, "Oh, maybe I did deserve that," <laughs> you know, like that, the duality of that, and like the fact that this character, or not this character, this person was just in the limelight over the Amber Heard stuff and like the complexity of that trial. Like it's a, it's a clear, it's, it's a strange reflection of where we're at. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, do you like Johnny Depp as a person? I don't know. I don't really know him as a person. Yeah, exactly. Right. But like our society is creating these camps. Yeah. About whether or not, Johnny Depp is a a person fundamentally good person fundamentally a good person it's like and none of us actually know him like and some of the, even some of the lines in the movie like well also I mean there's a, that old phrase of like there's three sides to every story yes yeah. there's his side there's her side and then there's the truth right yeah. and yeah. so it's like there's somewhere what what truthfully is in everybody's heart and like what all that situation is lies somewhere in the middle yeah yeah, um, and 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 I mean, something we're learning through the show is you can only experience things through your own perspective, and so things are slightly colored in the way that you see them, right? You know, and and no one can convince you otherwise. Yeah, and so um, I, this movie is about like I think it's, I think I think there's some of the stuff you've been talking about is fascinating, and I and I could easily get into like a 
a thought spiral there. But I also think this movie is about, about freedom. Like it's about yes. the pursuit of freedom and whether or not you have the right to pursue freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, and I mean, what does that mean to pursue freedom? Exactly. I mean, that's a giant, that's, I think one of the clearest expressions of theme in, in this movie is, is, you know, she asks him why he wants the, you know, uh, Elizabeth, they're marooned on that Island. And Elizabeth asks him why he wants the pearl so much. And he said, he says, he's like, it's freedom. You know, it's, I can go wherever I want to go and be whoever I want to be. Yes. And it, it, it's that, it, I think you're, that that's a big portion of this movie and it, it is reflected in Elizabeth and, and will. Uh, my favorite line in the whole movie is right after they've commandeered the after they intercepted the interceptor <laughs> and jack is at the helm and he immediately like he gets in an argument with with will about his dad and he like moves the sail and like will gets taken out and is hanging mm. there right and jack says really it's all everything is about what a man can do and what a man can't do and you have to decide if you can be under a pirate. You know what I mean? And so like that's that's really fast. That that line is very fascinating to me because human nature people do what they can get away with. Doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's but the way that our society is set up, the way that we have to navigate through this world, it's really tricky sometimes. To know what's right from wrong, you know. Well, I mean, and then to 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 merge these two ideas of, of freedom and desire, right? Yeah. And and this idea of sometimes piracy is the right course of action. What you can and can't do is relative to who you are and the resources yeah. at your beck and call, right? And, and what so, you want to do and what you want exactly, and so. If you're a person that wants a thing and has the means to to do more, who can do more, you get into a position where piracy is the correct course of action, or at least you think it is. Yeah, and that's where I think the complex the complexity of what is right and wrong, and what is good and evil, and what is acceptable, the gray area comes into play. Because in your head, through your perspective, you think the ends justify the means for you. Yeah. And like you said, just because you can doesn't mean you it's right. Right. And, and, and even if it's in pursuit of something that you think is right, right, it could be wrong. And so freedom and desire, freedom to pursue your desires and the ability to, to go after them is honestly it's the fundamental driving force of this movie and 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 truthfully if we wanted to take it to a more personal place here is like what all human beings are doing it's, yeah and it, it was your, the... your life is a is it the sum of what you want what you have and how you use your resources to which, get what you want which i'm gonna have a hot take here hot but take which, but which is what our country was originally trying to do well, it's how our country was even made. Like we, yeah. they were, they were, they, you know, the 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 pilgrims, the Puritans, they they 
were living under a rule that they didn't want. They had structures and rules that they didn't believe in. They thought were too too lax, right? So they so they come to a place where they can govern themselves, right? They can do what they want. But they when they get here, they take from people who are already here, right? And so like in the pursuit of what you want, you do what you think is necessary. Yeah. Is I mean, that the right thing? Well, I mean, hundreds of years of 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 perspective and and yeah. hindsight. No, <laughs> right. obviously not. Um, but, but but that there is something inherently human about pursuing your desire, right? Like manifest destiny. Manifest, yeah. Like I mean, these are potential. Like it can be definitely harmful to pursue your desires at all costs. But should a human being have the right to pursue their desires? You know, like, which so is like on this gets both, into a this gets into sides. a morally complicated. Yes. This gets very more because it's like, what is the thing that you want? Because here's the thing: inherently, I think people's like, do people have the right to pursue what they want, what they desire? I think people would say, yeah, humans have the right to pursue what they want and desire. However, it depends on what. That, what if they're murderers? Ex- that's what if they're exactly rapists? what I was gonna say. Yeah. So, what happens if their desire is something like that? Yeah. That is considered amoral yeah and that's where our society is freaking out right now because it's just it's gotten a whole lot more complex because information passes so much quicker and there's whole new tiers of morality that are like you know like a perfect example is kanye right like this guy with 10 million followers is suddenly saying that jews are evil you know and it's like okay wait so you're you're influencing 10 million people to believe jews are evil that's wrong you know what I mean? Mm. So, but freedom of speech, but freedom of speech, right? Like, so it, it's, it's very complicated. No. Like, but like, okay. So the flip side of that issue, Chris Rock, mm-hmm. you know, like at a, he made a, a off, off, uh, maybe a inappropriate joke, but he got slapped at a, and by a another celebrity live on television and humiliated you know what i mean like mm-hmm. physically assaulted because he made a joke and like that's mm-hmm. that's as a comedian that's very important to me well of course and then after that you know we dave Chappelle was attacked yeah. and, and yeah. chris and chris red was attacked yeah it's and, it, you're right it, it, it it's it's a well it's it, it's such a complicated thing because everybody wants something different Everybody yeah. desires something different and different people are willing to do different things to get it. And, and I know a big thing right now is like this whole idea of like, there are no ethical billionaires in the world. Right. And like some people, like my family will defend, will defend a billionaire. And I'm like, cause they, you know, they've earned it and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I understand that. I get what you're saying, but at the same time, like, I, I watched this video on TikTok recently where someone was breaking down that Taylor Swift is like really close to crossing the billionaire mark. Mm. Um, and it's like, and she, all she does is, you know, put on concerts and make music. Like she has merch and stuff like that, but like she doesn't have like a big tech company. She doesn't do it. You know, she does it basically solely on her, her talent um, and her persona. Um, and uh, I watched this great TikTok video where someone's like, look, Taylor Swift, very talented, you know, goes and put goes and uh will go and uh do a concert, do a concert tour, right? 
she gets a huge cut of those profits and the merch and she she makes like hundreds of millions of dollars on those concerts and like sure like a lot of that money goes to lots of different people lots of producers you know a lot that a lot of that money is taken away from her and given to other given to other people right and then not to mention all the jobs it creates and this and that yeah. however taylor swift makes a hundred million dollars on that on that tour hundred million dollars <laughs> if you look at every person that's working on that tour from roadies to sound engineers to security to people selling snacks how much are they making right yeah. they're making fractions if Argument's sake, they're making fifty thousand dollars a year working your tour. They're not, they're but not. let's let's be generous and say that she's making five thousand times they are. Is she putting in five thousand times more work? No, no, no. That's where this like she's profiting off of other people's other Fact. people's work. Facts, right, right. It's 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 a it's a it's a labor theft. She's she's she, her concert can't happen without them, but they're not being quote unquote equally compensated, and she right. knows that it's not possible for her to equally compensate them, right? Yeah. They can't all get millions of dollars, or can they? That's the argument against capitalism in general. But you know what I mean. So like, in a way, she she knows that she's profiting off of other people's work and benefiting disproportionately. That that's. That's the way the system works. It's, I'm yeah. not saying it's a good system. I'm not saying it's a bad system. I'm just saying that's the system. Well, that's – and that's – I mean I think that's kind of what this movie's exploring, right? Is like the systems in place, the rules don't work. <laughs> or at least don't work equally for everyone. Yeah. And so – I mean we see, we see it working for some people. Elizabeth's family, pretty wealthy. What do they do? You don't see her dad do shit. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, I don't see him do a single competent thing. Yeah, <laughs> he's he seems like he's a very emotionally articulate man, which I like. Yeah, um, but he doesn't seem like he does a whole lot as the the governor right. of this of this settlement. Um, and obviously, she doesn't really value what he, they do. Um, Elizabeth doesn't. You know what I mean? And then obviously, like uh, uh, Nor Norton, Captain Norton, yeah. uh, Com Commodore, Commodore Norton. Uh, he's, he's i guess he's okay at his job but not really <laughs> you know i mean i think he's good at his job i think he I mean, he's definitely he, out class he has like an arc you know but... he does i like that he that he doesn't like he's not an asshole at the end like he lets her be with who she wants and he's not yeah. like he's a little bit like miffed about it but like you know, it's not like a... Well, that's, but that's the right thing to do. Like that's, It is the right thing to do. Like, He's an upstanding man. I believe... So this is where I get frustrated with modern... Maybe not all, just modern, but like with ground... Like arguments that are grounded. And, and this happened with... This happened with... Uh, um, I'm like blinking right now on everything. Uh, I, I get... I get... I get frustrated with arguments that are grounded in solely political points of view yeah because you know political the system. systems right political Pol systems create boxes that yes that things don't fit in those boxes right no issue fits in those boxes and to me that's the point of politics is that you're creating an environment that those boxes can learn to be fluid in politics is about a conversation it's not about right and wrong right and wrong is different than politics 
Yes. You know right and wrong. Like you can feel it. There is a there is a clear emotional connection to right and wrong. Politics, law, their guidelines, their rules, and they should be enforced until they shouldn't. Right. It's a code. It's 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 a code. You know, we're we're creating the best code we know how. And politics are the means to create that code. So when and you policy should be, like you said, should be the platform for a conversation. Yes. Like when the issue that we, you know, it's why Washington didn't want us to have a bipartisan system yeah. is now it's, it's a, it's a, it's a versus system. It's a system of us versus them. It's, it's otherizing. Yes. It's creating, it's creating a new, it's creating pirates versus pirates versus ninjas. You know, it's, it's creating these, like it is the be all end all of, human morality are these camps of blue and red you know and they're neither of them are correct you know so like but you have to pick a team in order to have an effect supposedly Mm -hmm. so that's where i get frustrated because i'm much more interested in conversations about right and wrong and that's why i like this movie is because i think it it swashbuckles the bullshit it cuts through you know, like, well, I think the pirate archetype character, the scoundrel archetype is so good at play, you know, the Han Solos of the world yeah, uh, of, of cinema. Those characters are so good at bringing up this question of what is good. Well, they're because out. these characters live, live in the moral gray. Deadpool lives in the moral gray. I mean, if we want to get like, really, you know, you know, who's an antihero, but nobody ever realizes it. Is Jesus? I was just gonna say that Jesus is yeah. an antihero. Well, you know, yeah, because Jesus was antithetical to the power structure that was put in place at that time. He was. Right? He was. That's why they killed him. He was essentially a he radical. Was, he was a radical. He not only that, but like he went against all Jewish teaching. Like, yeah, he like basically contradicted the Jewish law. Yeah. So I mean, he definitely he said he was God, right? Yeah. So like, he is therefore outside. He is a contradiction. Yes. Um, so I think these characters are fascinating because they force you to think out. And that's what Jack Sparrow does. <laughs> Jesus, that might be the first time anyone's compared Jesus to Han Solo and Deadpool. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like he, I mean, he's. An I love anti- it, though. He, you're right. An, you're not he's wrong. A, he's an antihero. Like, you're not wrong. That's why I think it's funny. He's become, he's become a hero to Christians. Right. But if you're looking at it from a world perspective, he's an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so like that, and, and Sarah and I both were like saying this last night, like the way Jack Sparrow thinks is so cool. Like he's, he doesn't plan. He's, he no. has like, he has like big vision, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. going to get this thing. Like, I'm going to pursue it, but he's an improviser essentially. Mm-hmm. Like everything he does is so, off the cuff and just like he just is reacting but some of the things he says are so not the typical way of thinking you know Mm -hmm. like one of the best lines is uh when they're talking about the black pearl there's never any survivors and then he turns and he's like so where did all the stories come from you know like that that way of thinking is how we should all think right Mm -hmm. Like, don't take, don't take what is recited to you as the entire truth. 
Right. And because if anything his history, if history has taught us, is that human constructs are corruptible. So why well, not just that history is history itself is a story. Yeah. It none you of again trust there's, history. There's three, yeah, there's three sides to every story. It's what you're being told, it's what they're saying happened, and then there's something in the middle that's that's actually probably the truth. And and history is told by the victors, and then so therefore there's entire sides and perspectives of stories that aren't ever told or shared. I think and you should so, really respect other people and other people's opinions and listen and let them shape you and evolve you. But you have to think for yourself too. Like mm -hmm. you can't, you have a perspective and you can't just like, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's because it's what I'm working on as a person, right? Is like mm -hmm. trusting myself, right? Yeah. And trusting what I am, what I believe and how I perceive the world. Like well, I'm so affected by others' opinions, right? Mm -hmm. That I, I have said that I am spineless at times. Mm -hmm. And so if you're spineless, I'm spine full. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I am all spine. <laughs> you, you, you definitely have a hard code about certain things, but you're pretty fluid when it comes to other things. You I'm know? like a, I'm like a adjustable spine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know, but <laughs> Like, I just think I'm not trying to get too individualist here because I definitely think. Well, I mean, we, I kind of wanted to bring it back a little bit to, to our individual perspective on things for ourselves. And like, you know, this idea of you and I both have, I would say, lofty dreams. Yeah. Um, lofty desires. Not everybody reaches as far as we're, we are attempting to reach. I mean, right. a lot of people wish they could or think it would be interesting and, and, and glamorous to reach, but like don't actually want – there are a lot of people – I'll say this. There are a lot of people in this industry that would like to have a life of a famous person but actually don't want the actual thing itself. They just want – it. the thought experiment of being rich and being able to do whatever you want is nice. They want the ship. Right, right. Like want honestly, the... like who who wouldn't want to have tons of money – and just be able to like do whatever they want, like they go want, wherever they want, go on their awesome trips and vacations. They and, want the freedom, right? But like, who actually wants to like be an actor? Who right. actually wants to be a, a a musician? Right, and less less. Not I'm not saying none, but less of that percentage are but, actually want those things. But the curse that comes with there's curses that come with that. Well, that's what that's what I'm getting yeah. at is is it's really hard. It's not yeah. only. The odds aren't just in your not in your favor. Like obviously, like most likely you won't make it just because that's just the way it is. You're lost like, at the, sea most of the time. Yeah the 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 rejection and the the yeah the the loneliness and the constant judgment of yourself and judgment from others. Like you're, I think one of the things that I found the hardest about trying to be an actor and a writer is the constant judging of yourself as far as like your talent right like you all you constantly have to be looking at your pictures and be like are these pictures good enough do i need to get better pictures of myself looking at your auditions was that take good enough do i need to do another take 
your your resume, your this, your that, every even like outside of all that stuff. Like, do I do I need to lose lose? Well, you're constant. You're constantly judging yourself, right? And and because you know everybody else is too, and not even in a bad way, just in a way of the again. That's how the business is. But you have to look talented. But what's crazy is that's contradictory as well, because what's going to like. I think what's going to let you succeed is like your personality, your charisma, your. Yes. Your, I'll if, say this. If you're I am judging, absolutely you're stifling it. Yeah. I am absolutely way more successful as an actor when I'm in the room with people, as in I've booked a handful of things through self tapes, but when I first got here and things were more in person, when I first moved here, I was way more consistent with booking work. Uh, because I think I'm way more personable in the room than I am on camera. I think that influences people to want to at least bring me in for another callback, right? See me again. And that gives me an, another opportunity to show my talent. If if it's like, oh, that person was just really nice to have in the room. And not only that, they were pretty good. Um, let's bring them in and see them again. It gives me another chance to like, again, show, show if that I'm good, but also continue to ingratiate myself to somebody. Um, it's hard to do that with a self tape. I'm not, I haven't mastered that quite as much. Um, but I wanted to, you know, again, in the idea that we're pursuing, we're two aspiring creatives trying to, to reach and find the uh, treasure, you know, a hidden treasure somewhere out in this archipelago of Hollywood. Um, what are some things that you might've done that, you know, in piracy being, the code course of action. Well, I think that's what I'm learning. Like, that's one of the reasons I picked this is when I was in Chicago. So this is going to be a stretch. I hope you guys can follow. Uh, this is an abstract metaphor for my pursuit of things. Um, so in Chicago, I learned to be a ninja. Okay. I learned stealth. I learned planning. I learned... Uh, I learned how to blend in. I learned how to knead myself into an environment and go completely unnoticed if I want. You know, I think I'm learning to be a pirate right now in my life, which is a different tactic, right? Like you can, like there's a, there's a time for stealth and then there's a time to be seen. But like you have to find the opportune moment and you also have to be willing, like nin, nin, learning to be a ninja is about precision. It's about execution. It's all, it's very left brain. It's all logic driven, very like, there is an order of operations to doing things. It's not emotional at all. It's about actually the opposite. It's, it's no emotion. It is removing emotion from the equation to get the job done. Pirating is all about want, desire, and pursuing what you want at all costs, regardless of the external influences. So, like, I think in my life now, I've 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 got the I've got the ninja thing, mm-hmm. and now I'm trying to learn the pirate thing. Even the restaurant I'm working at is much more it it is a pirate ship. It's not, you know, it's not it's not this this ninja school that I was in, in Chicago, which I worked for this, this restaurant called Yoshi's cafe, which was very Eastern 
philosophy driven. Whereas like this last, this, this restaurant I work at now is a great restaurant. It's a well-run ship. It's a tight ship, but it's still a pirate ship. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there's something about it that is boisterous and we're taking what we want. And the, the joy of eating is, is, is what drives the ship. And even like our captain is, is rough around the edges. She's, she's like a, you know, she could have an eye patch, you know, like, I mean, like, it's not, you know, it's, it's very like, I think there is merit to both philosophies. Mm-hmm. And I think it does take a, like, I think in my life right now, as an artist, I'm having to learn to be a pirate. Like mm-hmm. nobody's going to give me what I want. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to take it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I am learning to pursue things in more of a passionate, reckless way. You know, like mm-hmm. I have, I have, I could go the left way, like the logic way doesn't work. You have to like allow some room for chaos for, to create opportunity. Otherwise you're only going to think yourself into a hole. I relate to you a lot in that way. I mean, I think you, you know that I'm very analytical about a lot of things and I've, I always have been. Um, I mean, we used to have this argument in Chicago. I remember one time me, you and, and our friend Keeling were had that you presented this idea of like who would win in a fight, a ninja or a pirate. And I, obviously Keeling being yep. who he is, yep. big pirate. <laughs> and obviously me being who I am, Pig Ninja. Yeah. And you guys. And we got into a really real, big argument about real it. Real actual, almost Anger. two blows fight. Yeah. <laughs> Anger. <laughs> Just, and to this day, I still hold the fact that I think a ninja would beat a, beat a pirate in a fight. I think ninjas have the, a lot of the skills that they need and, and they're good fighters. So in a hand-to-hand combat situation, I think they beat a pirate. That's just me. But I think. He, he argued the technology aspect of like guns, but I don't know. I. I think I think a pirate could be drunk and turn around and accidentally stab a ninja. That would sure there's a there's an X factor with a pirate, I like, guess. The the thing about ninjas A like, pirate would like shoot a wall and a ninja would like fall out from behind yeah, the wall. Like nine times out of ten, I think the ninja wins. But you maybe maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. I I like I said, I think there's merit in both Chris, sides of the argument. Chris, and I and just like you, I've I am especially at the back end of this this last year, um, have started to approach things less like a ninja and more like you said, more like a pirate, taking more risks, putting myself out there to potentially fall into the sea. Yeah. Um, and so far, it's only I've only been coming back with with reward. And I know that's not a pirate's life. You don't always get the reward. Um, there's a lot of danger. The life that. it's, I think that's, I think the life itself for pirates is their reward, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what, like that's really what it's about is the freedom. Mm-hmm. And Yo-ho. not the treasure. It's about, right. it's about the freedom. Right. And so I've also, like I said, recently this year, just been taking, taking more 
pirate like approach to things and it's 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 different for me and it's scary um because we don't want to hurt people and you can right. more easily hurt people as a pirate yeah absolutely we don't want to hurt anybody but also like i said it's risky like pirates live a risky life right yeah. that's like that it's it, there's lots of danger for pirates ninjas are in less danger because they're so good at avoiding it yes um pirates don't if they, hurt, if they hurt someone it's very very specific right. and for a reason yes uh pirates are are head, go head first into danger and yeah you get sometimes you get injured and killed that way yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it, it benefits and so i i'm trying to find that balance in my life of pirate and ninja but um and you know taking more risks i don't think i'm at a point where in my life and I don't again I don't know if this is necessarily a good thing or a bad thing where I would do anything to get what I want or or even most things um that are quite maybe potentially questionable yeah I I think it's some people would say that means I don't want something enough right like if it's like if you're unwilling to do some something in particular do you necessarily actually want it that much Another line in this movie that comes to mind is sometimes the right choice for the wrong reasons isn't the right choice. Mm-hmm. That's when uh, talking about marrying yeah. Norton. He, cause like, let's be honest. Elizabeth Thad knows that she loves Will. Yeah. She's they They've been in love with each other since they were children. Yeah. And I just think like, there's a, like we've talked about a lot of this a lot, but duality is a factor. So like the, I think if I'm honest with myself about like certain situations, like a piratey situation for me was that first year I was in LA and that uh, lady wanted me to uh, wanted to like take me under her wing and, you know, potentially like she took me to a play, like potentially wanted me to be her assistant. Like, I think that was a piratey situation because Mm -hmm. I had no intention of like like doing anything appropriate with inappropriate with this lady but i'm not gonna like come out and say that you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. it is in a sense me taking advantage you're pulling the long con yeah pulling the long con in some some way like you know and i'm because i'm not in the wrong because i'm the one with the potential to be taken advantage of i haven't really i'm not i if i as long as i don't cross certain lines or boundaries Mm-hmm. then it's totally fine for me to continue that relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there is a level of like hope that this relationship will get me something. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like that, I think is piratey. So like, that's where well, that's, the, that's the sleaziness of networking. And like, yeah. we've talked about this on, on the show before. That's something that I struggle with so hard, but that's like, like, that's piratey. because I don't, I know I don't like the idea of creating relationships specifically to benefit from them like that makes me feel gross but like and then everybody's like well then don't do that like build genuine relationships and it's like it's hard to build a genuine relationship when you know in the back of your head you you want to benefit off of this person yeah uh, and like, it's something i struggle with it's something i struggle with for a really long time um but the inevitability of the industry like everybody knows it's happening you just don't talk mm-hmm. about it and so like that makes me angry, but it's the game that has to be played. And mm-hmm. like, 
what I end up doing is trying to create two, like you have to compartmentalize. Yeah. And, uh, and, and and that's not to say that I didn't like, and that's not to say that I haven't or didn't build genuine relationships with people. They're just not as deep as what you, what you make them seem like. For example, I did, I shot a movie a couple years ago. Um, and during the shooting of the movie, me and the cast were like, vibed really really well and like we seemed like we were like actually like pretty good friends and stuff like that and then when the, as soon as the movie's done shooting like you maybe have talked a couple of times since then i texted one of them the other day because i saw him in a commercial and i was like hey just saw you in this commercial i was watching uh one of the football games and he popped up in a commercial it's like that's so funny and he, I don't, he didn't respond to me not that like you know who knows maybe he didn't see it this or that but you know it's like Definitely the relationship is not as close as what we made it seem like at the time. Yeah. Well, but what's what's comforting is the awareness. Once you accept this duality principle mm-hmm. that we're talking about, it's kind of comforting because it allows you to accept the nature of the duality mm-hmm. and it allows you to be willing to take advantage, but not too much advantage. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Like it allows you to go, okay, I, I am not going to hinder myself because like, and I, I will say a hundred percent. I know I did that in Chicago. I I do that now. I mean, I'm doing that as we speak. I, I, I made choices on stage for others to be highlighted, which is what they teach you to do a lot. Mm -hmm. And I didn't take care of myself and I got, I went unnoticed. I was, I was a ninja on stage Mm. and, and like, I'm learning, you got to take, like, you got to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. So like, that doesn't mean you exploit people. That doesn't mean you intentionally hurt somebody. That doesn't mean you cross boundaries that you would never cross otherwise. You know what I mean? But it, keeps you from limiting your options as to what people can do to help you. I think there's a, there's a, there's a graph, right? There's a line like the, the close, the genuinely closer you are to somebody and the better your relationship is. I think the more is acceptable to be like, to ask for. Yeah. Like, like I honestly, like, I think we're close enough where I, if you were in a position of some kind, I think I would be comfortable being asking you for a favor of some kind. Yeah. Not that, not that it, it but like, you're like, you're right. It can't overextend our relationship. You know, it can't, uh, it can't be exploitive. Yeah. It has to be fair. It has to be of equal. But that's where also like you have to have, and then this is where I think you and I struggle. And like, you have to have the strength to say no. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like if someone does over and that does, that doesn't mean that this is a bad person. You know what right. I mean? Because no, and I think and it, the this, perspective of where that line is is different for everybody. But this is like this is reflective of what this movie is like. What we're talking about mm-hmm. in this movie too, right? Like mm-hmm. everybody's human. Everybody's going to cross that line in pursuit of what they want. So mm-hmm. at what point, like you're going to just call them a pirate and they all deserve to die? Yeah, you know, like. No, you yeah. I, Johnny Depp walks onto a dock and immediately is sentenced to, to jail time and, and death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, uh-uh. like one. What another great line is? Uh, 
a, a lifetime of wickedness and 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 pillaging, and you're gonna you're gonna uh, let him get away over one good deed, and then mm-hmm. he's like, well, it's an, apparently it's enough to condemn him. One good deed is enough to condemn him because he saved her life, right? Mm-hmm. And that's so it's like that's how, and that's that's what I'm saying. It's like with all this, with the networking, with the politics, with the like, it's difficult to navigate. People are going to cross lines. They should have the freedom to express themselves. And when they cross lines, they should be checked. But that does not mean that you should make them walk the plank or hang them. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like maybe put them there, in jail for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then, well, there you know there are some circumstances. I mean, not as not as many as you as there used to be, but where some people have clawed their way back. You know. Um, it happens sometimes. Mel Gibson. Well, I mean, Johnny Depp is Johnny right, Depp right now. Like, he's Depp, back in the Pirates movies. He's back in the Pirates movies. But like, I know that there's camps on both sides mm-hmm. of Johnny. Like, it's hilarious how intense it is. But like, there's camps on both sides that are like all Johnny or no Johnny, mm-hmm. and and it's like, yeah. You know, and it's to me like I think Johnny Depp's character in this movie is very reflective of who he probably is as a person. Mm. You know, he's kind of a scoundrel, done some bad things, but I think at his core, he's probably pretty, pretty decent human. Mm. You know, and uh, doesn't mean he shouldn't be punished or at least checked for his actions, but everybody should. Mm. You know, so. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. It, I don't know what else to say. No, I think we've really explored a lot of aspects. This movie has a lot of different aspects to it. And, and I mean, a lot of it comes down to the things that people want, you know, and, and the, the, the maneuvers that they take to get it. Yeah. And whether or not that, from an outside perspective, those things are good or bad. What is the nature of humans? I mean, it, I mean, it, another line in this movie is they did what they needed to, to take care of themselves. And you can't blame them much for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it's uh Jack talking about the crew when they mm-hmm. left him. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And no hard feelings at that. You know, when they came back and he isn't like mad at them, he's just like, yeah. you know, yeah, that's, that, that's, all you can do in life sometimes is do what you can do to take care of yourself and hope other people give you grace yeah. when you, when you cross a line. Cause it's, it's inevitable, especially yeah. if you're actually pursuing a thing, something of any kind of significance or importance. I, 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 all right. <laughs> I think that uh, we've run aground on this conversation of uh, pirates of the Caribbean. Wow. We're good with the puns today. Oh, there's, um, there's so many pirates are so easy there's an ocean of puns out there yeah. for pirates there's a whole sea of them <laughs> uh, but that was our conversation of Pirates of the Caribbean I hope you all enjoyed it this first episode of the new year I know I did Seth thank you so much for choosing and thank you for being here uh, it's time to talk about what's next and it's my turn to choose so um, I did my typical thing I was looking through like 
what's coming out th- this next week and what things you know might co- might line up. Um, couldn't really find anything. Looked at some anniversaries and I found one movie that not only I think it ha- not only has a, a 15th anniversary coming up, but it's also a movie that's apropos to where I'm at right now since I am getting ready to head to the Dominican uh, nice. for my sister's wedding for a week. I'm officiating uh, the ceremony uh, and it's going to be great. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, I'm very excited. However, this movie not only is is apropos to the fact that it's a wedding movie, uh, it's also apropos because it's one of my sister's favorite movies and a movie that we watch together quite frequently. Um, and it has its 15th anniversary coming up. So I think it all just kind of weirdly lines up in that way. Um, so for next week, I don't think you're going to like this movie, but I love this movie. I think I know uh, what it is. Uh, what, you do? I think. But what do you I'm, think? I don't want to say. I don't want to say. So you say, okay. and then I'll tell okay. you. If it uh, the movie we're going to be watching uh, for the next episode is 27 Dresses. Oh. Uh, I love this Not movie. what I expected. What Not do you what expect? I, expect? I thought you were going to say My Big Fat Greek Wedding. No. No, that movie is older than this. I think that I've movie's... seen I've seen 27 Dresses and it's with Katherine Heigl, right? Yes. I, I like this movie. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, I like this movie a lot. It's one of my one of my sister's favorite movies. I it's one that we watch together a lot, and it's about a wedding uh, and things like that of, of a sister. So I think it's kind of funny. Uh, anyway, we're going to watch Twenty Seven Dresses. If you all want to watch Twenty Seven Dresses along with us, uh, you can find Twenty Seven Dresses uh, if you have a Thilo subscription. You can watch it for free there, or you can rent it on Amazon Prime, Redbox, Apple TV, Vudu, YouTube and Google Play Movies. So again, we will see you next week to watch 27 Dresses. Uh, Seth, once again, thank you so much for being here with me today. Uh, we'll see you next time. Adios. Bye. Bye.